Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. We love you. Can you tell the band they did a great job this morning? Phenomenal. You're amazing. Gifted, talented. You should be thankful because if they're not playing, I'll be playing. And if I'm playing, you won't be thankful. I'll have to just have a little backing track and I'll do a Millie Vanilli. And I'll, uh, I'll lip sync or something like that. Now, I had a fantastic week. My week ended last week in New Zealand. Randomly, I ended up at a conference in Auckland, New Zealand, which was fantastic. It was uh, a disciple makers conference. And the whole focus on the conference was search and rescue. Uh, that we've been placed on this planet to be a, a source of influence, to influence others to Jesus, to, to search them out, the lost, the hurting, the broken, and to you know, engage them, to love on them, to befriend them and to lead them to a relationship with Jesus also. And it was, it was such a great time. And, uh, you know, it kind of just reiterated to me again that the greatest search and rescue min- mission of all time was the search and rescue mission that Jesus performed. You know, there's a scripture that says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, and, and that's us. That's each and every one of us. There's a, there's a great song that says, uh, uh, my sin was great, your love was greater. Whilst I was a sinner, whilst I was broken, whilst I was estranged from God and afar off, he sought me out. And he sought me out because he wanted to be reconnected with me. And he says, there's nothing that you can do to make this connection work. There's nothing that you can do that is going to make me love. I, I just love you anyway. I, I've sought you out and I've sought you out because I want connection and relationship with you. And, you know, I think as Christians, it's easy to enjoy the benefits of the Christ-centered life without also remembering the responsibility that comes along with it. Because I got, I got the salvation and I, I got the grace and I got the peace and I got the, the healing and I got the forgiveness and I got the future and hope. Uh, but sometimes I forget that uh, there's the dying to self and the selfish living where I look beyond myself and I look beyond my own two feet and I realize there's a a hurting and broken world out there that needs a good and loving Savior presented to it. Amen. Come on, help me preach this morning. And, uh, you know, from this conference, I met up with a a gentleman called Todd White uh, and he's an evangelist that basically just travels the world preaching. He literally, he flew in from America um, Friday night uh, Friday afternoon, he sp- no, sorry, Saturday afternoon, he spoke three times Saturday afternoon. He, he went to bed, he got up, he preached three times the next day, and then he flew back to America Sunday night. So I think he was in the country 48 hours or less, but during that time I went to lunch with him and, and got to hang out with him. There was probably 200 people that received Jesus as their Lord and Savior because he cared enough to travel 12,000 miles to tell people, and this is, this is what he did, and it's, it's pretty difficult, so I want you to listen to what I'm saying. This is what he does everywhere he goes. We went out to lunch, we went to cafes, we hung out. He, he goes up to people and says, do you realize Jesus loves you? And that's what he does. Now he's a preacher. He can preach the Bible inside out, but what he does and what he knows he's called to, you see, he was a drug addict on the brink of death, on the, on, standing on the precipice of death for 32 years. He said, what I did, my daily habit, the way I lived life, I, I not only could have died, I probably should have died. And he said, for 32 years of my life, nobody once told me, Jesus loves you. There was not one person in his world that had ever told him, Jesus loves you. And he was searching hard. 
He, he looked at Buddhism. He looked at Hinduism. He looked at most... Rel- there was not one person. There, was, there came a day where somebody said, Jesus loves you. And he said it hit him. And he said, tell me about that, please. And they told him about that. He received Christ. He got set free. He went into drug rehabilitation. Uh, and God restored his world. He said there is a woman in his life that for seven... Mother of his child... For seven years, he had told her daily, if you ever leave me, I will kill you. I will hunt you down and I will kill you. I will make your life a misery. And he says, and then he got saved. And then he went to rehabilitation. And then what happened was he came back on his knees to say, I'm sorry. She said, you don't have to say sorry. I got saved while you were away as well. God told me we're meant to be together. Three weeks later, they got married. 25 years later, they're still together. God can restore lives, but it came through somebody saying, do you realize Jesus loves you? He's been, he's been clean since that time. So it's like Trent Membry, who'll be coming back in September. It's the same kind of story. But, but for me, it's, it's abundantly clear that God wants us to live the abundant life and the free life, but that it doesn't end there. Because you know, it says Jesus, uh, that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Not just life, but abundant life. That's, that's God's plan for your world, but again, it, it, it doesn't stop there. Um, you know, whilst we were broken, whilst we were hurting, whilst we were lost, while we were hopeless, Jesus came looking for us. And you know, it says in Luke 9, uh, 19 verse 10, the, the scripture I shared before, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. But I want to remind us, and I'm going to labor this point this morning, it's remember that Jesus came so that you would go. He came into our circumstance. He came into our lives so that we would go, not so that we would settle. Jesus didn't come for your comfort. He came for your salvation. Beyond that, he wants us to go. And I, and I was thinking through this morning, he entered your situation so you could leave it. You don't have to remain the same. You don't have to remain locked up, bound up, isolated, fearful, depressed, anxious. And he, he came into, he entered your situation so you could leave it. Through his power, through his spirit, through his touch upon your life. He entered your deadness so that you could truly live. He entered your brokenness so that you could understand and know wholeness. He entered your desperation so that you could be and live as an inspiration for others. Jesus came to set us free. That's the good news of the gospel. You are free. The Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You can live free in life. Fear-free, pain-free, weight-free, guilt-free. You can live free in life because of his act. But now what he is expects is that you'll go and do that for somebody else. You'll pay it forward. You'll accept the mission. There's a mission that we've been commissioned into. And the mission that God wants us to enter into is the mission of seeking and saving, searching out the lost, looking for the broken, looking for the helpless, the hopeless, the homeless, the loveless, and being that for them. Amen? Come on, I, I'm going I'm to go there. This let, let me show you what coming looks like. Come, I'm a Christian. I've asked Jesus Christ in my life. Coming looks like this. I'm so excited for church this morning. It's going to be, church is going to be flipping awesome. The worship is going to be, under, I'm re- hey, how you doing? What's your name? Christian, nice to meet you. This is awesome. I haven't been here before. This is good. I love it. I love you. I love the. I love the family of God. This is awesome. I'm feeling really comfortable. Man, I, I hope the offering word's good today. If it's good, I'm going to give. If they inspire me, I'm going to give, 
and then, man, I'm going to listen to the word. Whatever, the, whatever they say, it's going to be, I'm really, I'm ready. That looks like coming because we come to be empowered. We come to community. We come to be inspired. We come for the word. But this, this, is, what, this is what going looks like because he came so we would go. He entered in so we would leave. It looks like this. It looks like, do you realize Jesus loves you? It, it looks like going. It looks like getting unsettled. It looks like standing out. See, because I think so often we enter into uh, Christianity, we enter into community, and we sit down, and we get settled. And I know next week when I come, it's going to be good because somebody's going to smile at me, somebody's going to encourage me, somebody's going to ask me how my week was, and I and I come, and I sit. But he says, I want you to come and sit to go. I want you to get unsettled. Because in your unsettled state, I want you to go out and unsettle others. Can I commission you today to a life of unsettling others? Unsettling mindsets, unsettling worldviews, unsettling words that have been spoken over people, uh, uh, unsettling uh, depression, unsettling uh, evil spirits that are trying to haunt people and hold people bound in life. Because Jesus came to set us free. Uh, And and I want to be unsettled for him. He didn't come for our comfort. He came that we would be commissioned. He came that we would go out and make a difference. I want my life to make a difference. I want your life to make a difference. And, and the fact of the matter is the Bible tells us that we can be filled with the Spirit of God. And if I'm filled with the Spirit of God, then I'm separate to this world. I'm different to everybody and everything else because I'm unique in God. And, and I'm made in His image. And when I'm filled with His Spirit, I'm attractive to the lost, to the broken, to the hurting, because I've got eyes to see. Todd White, I love that compassion video. It says you don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be the best. The funny thing is, these guys, and I'm only just realizing through that video, they set world records all around the world. They go to like dams that are a thousand feet tall. They set up a basketball ring at the bottom and they throw a basketball off. They work out all the trajectory and get, and get goals. And, but I love what he was saying, and I never knew this before, is they do it to raise money to get kids sponsored. They're not superstars. They're not in the NBA. They're not in the NBL. They're not sponsored by whoever. They're just four young guys with a heart for God that have said, I'm not going to settle, I'm going to get unsettled, and I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to use my giftings, the anointing that's on my life, my passion to go out there and impact another life. And, and, and that's what I want to do as a church. I want us to get unsettled, that I'm not contented at just having a nice house, and I'm not just contented with having you know, you know, material possessions. I want to get unsettled. I'll, I'll live that abundant life, but I'll go beyond that abundant life we, we live in the top 8% of the world's rich. Do you know there's over, I think it's something like 90% of the world live on under $500 US a year. We are in the top 8% in the world. So even if you feel that you're poor, you are extremely rich. And even if you have nothing, the government will give you something. But we can live beyond what we have and what we get and what we can hold on to. It says in Proverbs, it says, trust in your riches and go down, down, down. If I'm just trusting in my bank balance or I'm trusting in my employer or I'm trusting, then, then I'm limiting the life that I can live in God. He says, I want you to be enlarged. I want you to live the big, abundant, God-filled life beyond yourself. Amen. Come on. You know, Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, and Jesus came. Jesus came. He, he came. He entered in. Jesus came. He left divinity. He left heaven. He came to earth. Jesus came, and then he spoke to them. I love that, that Jesus came with a message for his people. The word of God is relevant to your life. 
The Word of God can bring guidance to your world. When you don't know what to do, go to the Word. Pray, seek God, and then go to the Word of God and get whatever you're hearing in the Spirit lining up with exactly what's written in it. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority. Everybody say, all authority. All authority. In the Greek, all authority means all authority. I'm, I'm a scholar. It's, it's every bit of authority. There's nothing outside of the scope and realm of who I am. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. Jesus came to say, go. Sometimes we settle. And I'm, I'm happy with salvation, and it's pretty comfortable. That's pretty awesome. I now live forever. I can never die. The, the second, the, the physical perishes, the eternal continues. I, I can never, but, but we can't stay there. I don't want to experience heaven in the future. I want to experience heaven now. I want others to experience heaven on earth through my life. Uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And I'm with you, I'm going to be with you. I want you to go, I want you to tell others that I'm good, I want you to tell others that I'm loving, I want you to engage, but no, you're not doing it on your own, I'm with you. Not only is heaven backing you, I'm with you. So we're on a mission, we're in a war, we're, we're pressing forward, and I want you to go and do something for me. I'm going to do a whole lot of things for you. All the promises of God are yes and am. He's called me to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That I can walk in victory because of Jesus Christ. That's all for me. But he says, but let's go and do that for other people. And I'm going to be with you. So my victory, my power, my, it, it's upon your life to do. So in other words, it's not too hard. That's not my personality type Christian. That's not how I was brought up. I was brought up really quiet and to hold my thoughts to myself and to speak when I was spoken to. Can I tell you the, uh, encourage you, the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. What does righteousness look like? Do you know that Jesus loves you? Can I tell you, I was standing in a, in, a, in a restaurant. One lady, Jesus loves you, yeah, whatever, walks off. And I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty confronting, a bit of a slap in the face. He goes, do you know what? She needed to hear that as much as he needed to hear that. He responded, but a seed was sown. You won't always get a favorable response. Maybe nine, eight times out of ten, you will, but a seed was sown. And the Bible tells us that, that one plants, another water, and another reaps the harvest. That you don't know the difference that you're making in a person. A 16-year-old boy took his life. I wonder if he ever knew or was ever told, Jesus loves you. We're not the church that's settling. We're the church that's going and moving forward. So I, I guess you know, the question would be, how do we do it? How do we do it? What do we do? How do, I do? how do I live beyond myself? How do I look for the betterment of others? How do I be Jesus to other people? It says this in 1 John 4. It's quite a, quite a piece of scripture, but I want to share it. It says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. How do you do it? Just love people. When you realized I was hurt, I was broken, I was a sinner, I was lost, but Jesus came to seek and save me. He looked beyond my faults, he looked beyond my depravity, he looked beyond my dirtiness and my sin and my wrongness. We're all there, that's us. So there's no difference between me here and somebody out on the street, I just got to love them. I just, I just got to look beyond their dysfunction. See, because the funny thing is, when I get washed in the blood of Jesus, I forget mine, but I remember theirs. And, and, and even though I was a sinner and even though I was broken and, and I was hurting people and I was doing what I did, 
Oh, that's all gone now. Jesus washed that away. But out there, they're dirty. They're rotten. They're scoundrels. No, they're just living absent from truth. They just don't know that there's another way to live. But we can be that signpost that helps them walk righteous and walk towards a good and loving Savior in whom there is no condemnation. So we're not here to condemn the world or judge the world. The Bible says that judgment's reserved for one day, and that's God. That's His alone. We, I judge no one. But I am called to love. I am commissioned to, to be love to others that may have never experienced it before. But let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love knows not God, because God is love. But this is how God showed His love amongst us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Have, have, have you ever seen Christians holding a point of view against something? The, you know, against this group of people or against this action and we're picketing and we're rioting and we're, it doesn't represent God. And no wonder people go to the church, the church this, the church that, Christians this, Christians that. We can change that by holding our tongue but extending our arm. You know, I love what Melissa was talking about, about the, the image of the cross. The image of the cross is the image of outstretched arms. That the, the sinless, spotless lamb of God would be pinned to a tree. The most excruciating of, of deaths, the most, uh, you know, agonizing way to die. He, he did it for our sin. And the Bible actually says that he became sin on our behalf so that we could live righteous. Romans tells us that we're made righteous by our faith in Jesus Christ. But we're not here to condemn, we're not here to judge, we're here to love God's people. Um, this is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of the Spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they live in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how we, love is made complete amongst us. Uh, that we will have confidence of the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. I love that. In this world, we are like Jesus. The, you were put on this planet to reflect Jesus. But I'm just a builder, but I'm just a bank manager, but I'm just a teacher, but I'm just a laborer, but I'm just a... You were put on this planet to reflect Jesus to others. Others were put on this planet to reflect Jesus to me. And they did and I entered into relation. We can be the difference, church. We can be the catalyst for the greatest move of God that Australia has ever seen. All we need to do is love. All we need to do is live beyond ourselves, looking at the hurting, the broken, the lost. This week, uh, I was traveling along the road. There was a car that looked broken down on the side and a young girl walking. And I was like, flip, I've got to get a coffee. I've got to get to work. I've got a meeting at this time. Just, just keep going because somebody else will help. I, and I was like, what the heck are you doing? You're put on this earth to reflect Jesus. So I, I pulled over, and as I did, she started making her way quickly towards my car. And as she did, I, I noticed she was crying. I thought, oh, wow, this, you know, she's obviously distressed. I pulled over, I said, can I help you? She said, just get me out of here. Please just get me out of here. I said, great, jump in the car. You know, what's happened? She said, well, and then I realized that the car wasn't broken down. The car was following her. And so she'd been in this domestic altercation where she was actually getting beaten up. And she'd got out of the car. And so she got in, I said, well, I need to take you to the police station. She says, please don't, I just need to go home. I just need to go home and sleep. My flatmates are there, would you take me home? 
And so I'm talking to her and I said, has this happened before? And she said, it happens all the time. And she's bawling her eyes out. She was shaking. She kept holding her wrist and holding her arm. And I just said to her, I said, you know what? I'm a pastor of a church and I'm going to be praying for you. And I need you to know that you can contact us at any time. If you need anything, we want to help you. But literally, I got home. This car had followed me the whole way. And she just sprinted from the car into her house. And I, for all I know, she locked the house. But this guy came then and verbalized me and told me he was going to do this, that, and the other. And I said, man, I saw a, a, a girl that was upset, a girl that was hurting. I had to help. I had to do something. And he said, the police are on the way. I've given them your, your number plate. I said, that's fine. I'll wait here with you if you like, and we'll both talk to the police. And he verbalized me again and said, no, it would probably be better if I left. Um, what I was saying is, I had to be like Jesus. And, and in that, what would Jesus do? And we cliche that saying, and we, we what would Jesus do? We're called to live beyond circumstance and routine and structure and go, I've got to help somebody. I've got to be the difference. I've got to help. You can be the difference. We, we're not coming to settle. We're coming to get empowered, to get unsettled, to go and unsettle, to make a difference in other people's worlds. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have the confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect uh, love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Wow. But I'm worshiping and I'm giving and I'm generous and I'm smiling and I'm encouraging, but far out I hate that person. Far out, I'm, ne I'm never forgiving that person. I'm never letting them off the hook. They hurt me. I feel wronged by them. I feel like whoever doesn't love, doesn't love God. Can't love God because there's a separation of nature. But, but the Bible tells us that when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. We've been made anew. The old has gone and the new has come. Therefore, I don't reflect Christian McCudden in the earth anymore with the sinful nature and the brokenness. Now, I reflect Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The, that, that's who I now reflect. But, but I have to forgive and I have to love and I have to live beyond myself and past hurts. Can I encourage you the greatest life to live is the free life? My pastor, Pastor Phil Pringle, says he wakes up every single morning and says, I forgive every person anything they've ever done against me. I hold nothing against any other person. If it's money, if it's emotions, if it was whatever, I, I, I forgive every person today. And he says, and then I walk through the day life. And I walk through the day free. Because I owe nobody anything, nobody owes me anything. And I, can I tell you, that's freedom. That's love. And that, that's because I'm not, I'm not living for punishment and I'm not living under punishment. I'm free because perfect love has cast out all fear. Fear and faith, fear and love can't coexist. When we have the love and the Spirit of God on the inside, fear cannot exist. And I'm telling you, if, if, we, if the church and Christians operated in perfect love, we would see a fearless generation rise. Because they wouldn't know to fear. They wouldn't know reprisal. They wouldn't know, come back, get back, I, you know, I'm going to pull you down. All they would know is the opportunities for the big life abound before them because he came to give them life and life more abundantly. Amen? Whoever claims to love God yet hate his brother is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. I love that. I, I, cause, uh, and what I love is the Bible is clear about how I should live. 
I don't do it perfectly. Far from it. But I can strive to be more Christ-like and to live more like the Bible explains and defines I should. And you know, I was thinking this week that we live in the midst of a generation who are gender-confused, within, society, within societies that are filled with anxieties, where people are substance abusing because they're burdened down by the weight, pressure, and fears of life. But th this scripture shows us that perfect love casts out all fear. I can be the catalyst for somebody else living free in life, burden-free, just because I love them, just because I operate under and live in the, the, the love of God. So, but, so I have to first recognize and understand the love of God towards me so I can let it flow towards others. And, and I want to encourage us, church, let's do that. Let's be that. And that looks like bringing somebody to church. That looks like inviting somebody over to our house for tea. That looks like picking up a stranger on the side of the road or paying for somebody's coffee or shouting somebody a meal. That looks like going beyond our... So can we be that church that doesn't get settled, but we go? And we go in obedience, but we also go in love. Amen. There is no fear in heaven. There is no fear in heaven. Do you realize that? We live in a, a paradigm now where, where fear is there, but there's no fear in heaven. It says... In 2 Timothy 1, it says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given you or anyone else a spirit of fear. If, if there is fear evident in your world or others, it came from the other guy. It didn't come from God. It didn't, because he doesn't give fear. He doesn't perpetrate fear. He doesn't place fear upon people. That's the enemy. I can't, the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy I've come that you may have life. I've come that you could be free. I've come that you could operate in power, love, and a sound mind. That you can see yourself like that, covered by the Spirit of God, walking in power and love and a sound mind. You go, well, it's, it's, I just don't feel it. Well, I don't care if you don't feel it, just do it. Just live the way the Bible says we can. Just live according to the Word of God for your life. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is we're talking about going out to help others, but we go, but, but I'm facing issues myself, and I'm facing challenges myself. Can I encourage us all here this morning that God's interested in the finer details of your life? The, the, he knows the, the hairs on your head. That's how interested in the finer details. He will look after you when you look after them. He, he, he will come to you again and again. It says, draw near to God, He will draw near to you. When you go, when you, when you live beyond circumstance and you live beyond occurrence, He will come. I love it in Luke Luke, 6, uh, Luke 12, verse 6, it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. There's not one sparrow that falls to the ground without the Lord knowing about it. But then that magnified, he knows the number of hairs on your head. Mine's decreasing rapidly, but he knows the number of hairs on our head, and we're more important than the sparrows. Come on, this is the good news. We are called to go. We've been called, we've been conscripted into the army of God. When I say, Jesus Christ, I make you Lord and Savior, he goes, fantastic. There's another one in the army. There's another one that I'm in. And do you know what? God, God looks down from heaven. And Jesus, his son was on earth and he says, these vessels, they've got it covered. I can come home. I can come home. I know there's a mission. The mission is the salvation of humanity. It's the transformation of lives, but these guys have got it. Such is the confidence that God had in you and I that we had this covered that he said to the disciples, what did he say? It's better that I go 
and send the helper to be with you, the Holy Spirit, so that you can go and do not only what I've done, but greater things in my name. He, so basically, God's going, you've got it covered, it's all good. So what I've done on the cross is enough. They'll just take a hold of that. They'll just appropriate that and they'll go and change humanity. They'll go and transform history. I don't know about you. I want to be part of that army. I want to bring that change. I I, I want to see people healed. I want to see people set free. I want to see people saved and entering into relationship with Jesus so they can live the life that I've been offered. You know, and it says in in Ephesians 1.19, I've shared this scripture before. The same spirit that God worked in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead is at work in you. That's death-defying power is at work in you. Depression-crushing power is at work in you. Life-giving power is at work in you. Vision-giving power is at work. The same power that God worked in Jesus is at work in you. When you can't see it, when you don't feel it, it's working in you. And what does Romans say? We know that in all things God is working together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes, who are called according to the mission. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Step out boldly in faith. Open your mouth and God will fill it. He will meet you at that place of faith and you will have a prophetic word that speaks over a life and and, and stops them perhaps taking their life, stops them perhaps walking out on a marriage, stops them perhaps cheating in their taxes, stops them perhaps whatever it might be, doing something that will unravel their life. We are that church. We're that church empowered to go, empowered to love, empowered to be Christ-like in our communities. Can I encourage you? I believe in you. I believe in each and every one of you that you operate and live in a sphere of influence, that God has placed you perfectly where you need to be. And I'll get get the team to come, please. You were put on this planet, just like Esther, just like I spoke over Millie before, to be the change and make the difference. I think of the story in the Bible of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're called to bow down by the king and emperor of the time, He says, I've created this great image and I want you to bow down. For the next 30 days, when the music plays, nobody worships their God except for this God. I want you to bow down and worship my image. You know, we're called today to bow down and worship the world. Bow down and worship money. Bow down and worship sex. Bow down and worship drugs. We're called to to bow down and worship to so many things. And if I don't, I'm ostracized. I'm pushed aside. I'm labeled. But but here there there was three young guys. And they said, King, we're cool. God will save us. He's for us. He's with us. And, and you know what? Even if he doesn't, it's all good because we're not going to deny him. I think there's, there's a lot of Christians that acquiesce to the flow of the world and societal standards and cultural standards, but they don't actually take a stand. And we're called as the king's kids, conscripted to his army to take a stand. That I believe what I believe. And I believe in Jesus Christ. He's called me to live this way and to walk in this direction. And that's what I'm going to do all the days of my life. The amazing thing was they they heated the furnace seven times hotter. They were in such, King Nebuchadnezzar was in such disgust that these guys wouldn't bow down. They would rather give their life than bow down to mediocrity and bow down to substandard living. He was so, that, that he heated it seven times hotter. And it says that even the guards that threw them in perished on the spot. 
It says he jumped to his feet and says, did not we throw three in? Now there looks to be the appearance of a fourth walking with them in the fire. And Jesus was the, with them in the midst of the challenge. He was with them in the midst of, because there will be persecution and there will be accusation and there will be times of trouble. But he, they were walking around. He says, come out here. And in a, they, they came out and it says they did not even smell. They did not even smell like the environment they had entered into. Can I encourage you, church? We can enter into the world, the fiery furnace, if you'd like. And we will come out not even smelling like the environment we enter into, but we will bring change. And you read through the scripture and it says, in a moment, King Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that nobody would bow down or worship any other God but the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When we live a life that is sold out, when we live a life that is passionate, when we live the life where we die to self and rise with Him, we will influence and we will impact not only our general, but every single person we come in contact with. Amen. I believe that this church is called to make a difference, to be a bright shining light in our community, to, to sow love, perfect love on every opportunity, every chance we get in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's live the big life. Let's live the life that is beyond ourselves. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you're a good and loving God. We thank you that whilst we were still sinners, you came to set us free. Father, I pray today that your word would weigh upon our hearts that each of us here would carry the burden to see someone else enter into relationship with you. Lord God, that we wouldn't come and settle and get comfortable, that we would come and get empowered, unsettled, that we would go out and unsettle the world we find ourselves in. Lord, my prayer today is that the anointing of heaven would come and rest upon every single person here, that God, you would anoint them with eyes to see and ears to hear, that you would place a prophetic word in their mouth, that they would go out and be not only salt and light, but love in a hurting and broken world. We love you, Lord. We lift up the mighty name of Jesus in this house this morning. Why don't you just stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. We're going to sing again in a moment. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.